0: This is a Founding Media Podcast. Welcome to Growth and Scale Insiders. I'm your host, Dan Dillard. On this series, experts from Bridgepoint Consulting will be joined by current C-suite level leaders to discuss strategy, trends, financial development, processes, and more. On this episode, we're going to dive into a timely topic, how to lead through a crisis. With the entire globe currently having to change how it's doing business, we are sitting down with Manuel Azuara, a managing principal at Bridgepoint, and VJ George, director of technology at Bridgepoint to discuss what Bridgepoint has done to prepare for moments like this. From how to find new avenues of revenue before cost cutting, to testing models before disaster strikes, businesses have to be nimble in order to change and make real-time decisions. Let's jump in and hear more from Manuel and Vijay. Gentlemen, thank you both for being on the show.
1: Glad to be here, Dan.
0: Glad to be here as well. I'm really interested in this topic leading through emergency or crisis, especially in light of financial health or another crisis affecting us currently. We should probably talk first about some background to give us the audience some perspective on your current roles. Manuel, this is your second episode we have you on, so some may know you a bit already, but let's recap your time with Bridgepoint and what you do there.
1: Sure. Thanks, Dan. I lead our finance and accounting consulting practice. I'm a managing principal of the firm, former CFO, so I have a finance background. Uh, And as we'll talk more today, so much about this crisis time is having seen it before uh, and not overreacting. So looking forward to talking through this. Vijay, you're
2: also with Bridgepoint. What do you do there? So I've been with, uh, with Bridgepoint uh, three years. This is my third year, and uh, I'm the director of the technology consulting practice. Uh, prior to Bridgepoint, I managed uh, technology teams. I was the CIO for a state controller's office, and prior to that, LCRA. And so I've I've Very helped a cool. uh, number of, of uh, companies with their technology strategies and roadmaps and very cool.
0: Manuel, during the national crisis, local crisis, or any crisis, seems like every decade we face one, two, or three. This decade has already started off with our first right out of the gate. Is this something you should plan for uh, on addressing as part of a business plan?
1: You know, Dan, the the easy answer, uh, VJ, you'll chuckle at this. You know, the easy answer is yes. Look, the the hard answer is, especially what we're going through today, there's almost no way to plan for entire shutdown, right? So let's be real; right. um, it's going to be very difficult. But uh, as you go through your business planning, there should always be that conversation around worst case scenario and and what are we, you know, what's the short list of things we can do to do some downside protecting? Uh, VJ, especially as we think about. Technology and anything that we're doing today that may take us a little bit too long to do, you know, integrating that, integrating those things so that you can produce answers quickly um, is helpful to do when you're not in a crisis versus trying to do it when you're in a crisis.
0: Having certain systems, I'm sure, uh, or at least thinking ahead, and you're you're quite right. I mean, the, the, the to be able to think ahead about just what possibly could happen there's just no way to 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 deal with it but potentially having some emergency here's what our emergency situations are and here's the basic flow through might be something that
1: yeah so a lot of times when companies are putting together forecasts they'll do a high middle low right and especially in times of economic boom the low uh usually doesn't get a ton of thought and it's not low enough right and so w- when you build that high medium low forecast you should take the time to say okay this is the low as we feel today because we're all humans and there's a lot of psychology in this and yeah. what happens if it's 30% lower than our low or 40% lower than our low right um in 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 thinking about what would have to happen not only in the business right um, but but process-wise, thinking through, well, okay, you know, I'll just give an example, right? So, you know, let's say we have to do a cash flow forecast and update it every month. You know, thinking through processes like that to say, okay, what if we need to update that three times a week? Are Are we prepared? You know, are we integrated enough? Do we have access to data quick enough to be able to do that? And there's nothing like having gone through it before because the crisis will expose every crack
0: you have in a process in about two seconds. (laughs) No kidding. Vijay, in a nutshell, can you explain what a firm needs to think about in in terms of system architecture if they want to keep up with some unexpected
2: crisis in mind? You know, that's a very good question. And from my perspective, I think a lot about operations, right? So I think back to my time at at lcra or even to the state and i think about business continuity during um during crisis during a disaster those kind of things now that involves you know thinking of just systems you know okay what are our backup systems what happens when we don't have those systems in other words you know what happens if our payroll system goes down what do we do is our backup plan go tell the the bank to rerun the payroll from the last time and then we we reconcile afterwards you know what are those kind of things that you would want to do to continue your business lower the impact to your to your employees to your customers as much as possible but there's a lot you you could think through and do when you're thinking about it and it doesn't have to be any one specific disaster. But if you think about, okay, a hurricane coming through, well, you know, I always had to think through that. What if a power line gets cut to my data center? Uh, what happens if my, one facility is not available? All right. What happens if there is a pandemic and people couldn't come into work? So right. when you think about all of those things, you start, going okay how do i have redundancy in my systems mm-hmm. what are what are ways that allow people to work remotely what are things that i can do to help my functional side of the business continue while you know your it systems are coming back up right so while you're going through a disaster you want to you know keep the business going moving forward as much as possible um, but there is some thinking that needs to happen before that. But what's what's kind of interesting about it is that it, you know, the same lessons apply whether you're thinking about a hurricane or about your building being gone, right? And uh, so that, as um, uh, you know, as, as a lot of people say, it's not really the the plan itself; it's the process you went through to get to the plan that will help you when you, you know, when you get to the crisis and then you go, okay, it did, it didn't go exactly as my plan, but I know the process I'm going through to be able to continue the business or to continue the, the operations.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And I, and I imagine that uh, certain businesses have to think about certain things that may not affect others. For example, if you're a, a, Online business, and you're going to have a surge of people during a crisis. I imagine you had to see some of that, especially some of your previous roles. Uh, we've noticed, for example, the Zoom, you know, has a lot more people using online data. So they've yeah. got to beef up their systems. So like, what, what do you do in that situation if you're a, a company that's going to have a lot more traffic
2: in a short period of time? You know, one of the things that You need to think about, especially as as you're thinking about it, is creating um, redundancies and eliminating as many single points of failure as possible. So, for instance, you know, a lot of times you think of your internet connection. Now, in this point, you're you're completely relying on your internet connection. Well. You know, do you have agreements in place with not just one provider, but with multiple providers? You know, do you have the ability to go Zoom, but also, you know, maybe um, maybe your backup is um, web conferencing or, or Microsoft Teams or something like right, that, yeah.
0: right? Yeah, that makes a lot
2: of sense. Yeah. One of the other things I think that gets missed a lot is that People also have to exercise this while you're going – while you're in normal state, if you will, that allows you to kind of switch. Because if everybody's trying to figure it out in the crisis, that's really not going to happen. That's really interesting.
0: Uh, it reminds me of fire drills in school, right? Yeah. Uh, or tornado drills in school. You well,
1: Vijay, we can talk practice. about what just happened with us, right? That's so, right. So – us as a leadership team meet every Monday morning and -hmm. you have uh, probably 10 people in the office, five people remote. Well, a month ago, so before all this was going down here locally, we were having construction in our office. So we decided to make the meeting 100% remote in teams and it worked fantastic. And it worked so well that everyone was like, Hey, we kind of like this. Maybe we'll do this every week. Then this happens. And we're like, well, and yeah. we're already doing it. <laughs> so Perfect. Perfect. Accidental brilliance sometimes.
0: Well, that's that's what I'm also seeing um, as businesses are forced to work from home. A lot of things are, I know for my businesses, it's adaptation. But then also you're like, oh, new way of doing business that is an option. And there might be some better, better ways to do things.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: So, so Manuel, can you walk me through maybe a process that as a company – I should have in place for emergencies. Uh, you talked about the high, medium, and low, but let's just talk about the framework of what that looks like.
1: Sure. You know, Dan, the, a lot of times um, when people do uh, crisis planning, it's really easy to think about how do I need to scale my business down, right? It's, it's easy for people's brains to, to wrap their head around expenses. And I say easy in a relative sense. None of it's easy, let's be clear. Um, but but to be able to say okay you know here's how I have to scale down here's how you know some of the unfortunate decisions we have to make uh, the interesting thing though and some of the things we've been talking to people over the last couple of weeks about is you should you should spend the same amount of time and effort thinking about the additional revenue generation activities you could be doing. Right. And so it's really easy to focus on the cuts or the things we have to slow down. But there are other opportunities out there, too. And if you don't spend time thinking about the revenue capabilities you could be seeing, then you'll never cut enough because you just you just can't get there. And then you're not. It's kind of this uh, vicious cycle. Right. Spending all my time thinking about cuts. um, I'm not doing anything on the revenue generation side, which means I never cut enough type of thing. And so we saw that a lot actually in 08 and 09. And so some of this is just learned going well before, you know, we challenged some of our teams uh, and some of our client teams that before we talk, we, we know we have to talk about the expense reduction. That's a given. But before we talk about that, let's spend some time talking about other revenue generating ideas and let's challenge ourselves to not cut as much as we think we need to cut because
0: we can find other avenues of revenue. That's really interesting because I find myself uh, asking a simple question is where else can I provide value Mm -hmm. as a business owner? Right. And so I'm doing things one way and it's working. However, now that you're in a new scenario, what other things am I not thinking about or have I not thought about that provides added value to as a service? Right. And that's, I think that's what I'm hearing you say is let's let's look at those things
1: right right and, and back to one of VJ's points about you know testing some of these things a lot of folks in finance departments uh, get in a bind when they can't produce data and information analytics fast enough because uh, they've been used to say a monthly cadence, a quarterly cadence but when it comes down to crisis time it, it has to be a daily, Every other day, week max uh, cadence on producing some of this information so that we can make real-time decisions. Uh, And if it takes you two days, three days to produce information that's looking back two or three days, uh, then, then you're behind. And so throughout when the organization is performing well, those are the kind of questions to ask going, if we had to do this every day, could we do it? Right. And what what are the tools we need to put in place or what are the processes we need to change to be able to produce meaningful,
0: accurate data quickly? So, Manuel, one of the things we talked about before was that, you know, I've got a 20 year background in wealth management and and seen some of these crises. And and what I've had to do is provide leadership to clients when it comes to market crashes, um, because there's high fears. Uh, is this something that also affects businesses from a standpoint of like, let's say cash flow? I would think that's a high concern. Do I have that right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And the
1: first, and again, this is just learned, right? So when you mm-hmm. think about, it, I've been in the business, uh, arena since 1995. So you've gone through the tech downturn of the late nineties. You've gone through nine, 11. You've gone through 08, 09 crash. And now, and now, so this is just a learned thing. It's not natural. Uh, but the first thing to do is breathe. I mean, that is the first thing is breathe, get a clear head, find a quiet place to to just think clearly. It's hard to do. Um, and it's a lot easier, again, relatively speaking, because we've been through three or four of them now. Um, to know that, but if you're going through it for the first time, um, it, it can be uh, look. It can be vomit-inducing, right? I mean, this is it's difficult, um, and uh, you know, it's definitely no no laughing matter. It's hard. It is really hard. And so, if you can just just take the time, breathe, breathe with your leadership team. I mean, VJ, you know, we have these calls right now, twice a week, where we're just saying, hey. Let's talk about what's going on and what are the positivities we're seeing out there and try and, as much as you can, keep that positive mental flow because the negative is not going to go away. It's there and it's happening. Uh, But it it takes effort to to keep that positive flow.
2: You know, the other thing I think of is, um, as we've gone through a few of these, is you always come out. The other end, right? There is enough right. somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, what are the opportunities that you see as it comes out on the other side? How well have you prepared the organization to, you know, shoot out of the gate, right? So that you're using the time, the lessons, all of those things to identify those things and set up better infrastructure around you to be able to rise up when when it's time, right? In addition to just reducing it.
0: What the smart thing to do around failure is learning from it and growing from it. And this is a society or natural disaster, or these are failures that happen. And what do we do to grow from them and become better? So that makes a lot of sense to
2: And, you know, they're uh, there was a saying in, in in a lot of IT shops, especially in cybersecurity, it's like don't let a crisis go to waste, right? So uh, it's always hard to get cybersecurity funding and the you know those kind of fundings yeah. when nothing's happened, right? So when something happens and now you've got the attention or the focus around it, then some of those other things that would would not get the priority but will set you up longer term for better growth and better uh, outcomes you know let's let's see what we can do right so look for the opportunities in addition to just dealing with the crisis moments
0: that's so funny I find a lot of parallels uh, back in uh, again the wealth management business that I ran and and just kind of the needs of a business one of the things that you pointed out is during crisis you'll find that when markets are going up you know, you can throw dart at a wall and make money, right? But when markets are crashing, that's when the phone starts ringing. Is like I'm not doing something right. So, to your point, Vijay, is like when the crises are happening, is when you got to step up and say, "Here's what we're doing differently and and and, and smarter." On that note, uh, Manuel, one of the things you said was was exactly the advice I give, which is breathe. It is like meditate, breathe. You have got to find, you've got to shut out the noise, and it's got to be quiet. Because we've got this masterful subconscious mind that's always working, but we got to shut up so we can listen to it. (laughs) A lot of answers are right there. So I agree 100%. One of the things that um, this makes me think about, Manuel, is how do you prepare for cash flow situations as a business? One of the things I've noticed in uh, some of the things I was reading here as of late is a lot of the small businesses – um, have like 27 days of cash flow. Mm. When we advise, you know, uh, uh, clients uh, again back to the wealth management, it's like six months, ca- you know, living expenses and prepare for those things, or even up to a year. How is that business? How is that different for businesses? And how do you do that? Is that maintaining healthy banking relationships, credit lines? Like, what do you do to prepare for things like that? it's different for different types of
1: businesses and and for the size that you are um mm-hmm. you know if you, if you're a small business uh, maintaining 6 months of cash flow is very very difficult right if you're a nonprofit right. maintaining 6 months of 6 months of cash flow very very difficult um mm-hmm. it's a good target to have and you should be striving for that but the reality is it's really hard and so Um, as you, as you uh, grow up in size of companies, the VC and PE relationships, right? Making sure that you have access to those lines when you need them. If you're already a PE backed company, you know, one of the things we saw the last few years, right? We're in this decade long growth period in business. And for the last three years, everyone's kept saying, well, it's going to turn any minute. It's going to turn any minute. And so we've had we've watched clients get into new private equity relationships and ask the question, Hey, what are you going to be there for us when this turns? If we all agree that this is going to turn in within the life cycle of you owning us, you know, Mr. And Mrs. Private Equity Firm, right. what what does that look like? And so I think it's understanding what you have access to, you know, if you waited till now, right. I mean, trying to get a line of credit today, it's too late. It's too late. And and understanding, you know, there are a lot of people that have lines of credits. They have it Mm -hmm. in place. They feel good. But back to VJ's point, maybe they've never drawn on it or they don't even know the mechanism or, or, or what the covenants are or where you need to be as a business to be able to draw. So it's real interesting how many people have a line of credit, haven't drawn on it. But you should test that out once or twice a year, even if you draw it and pay it right back just so you know what that looks like, right? I mean, in order to prepare, I mean, Vijay, you have to test it. (laughs) You can't just set it there, put it there, and set it there.
0: The heart of the question is, when we're busy, up markets, uh, the economy's doing really well, and you're just kind of like maintaining your life. The things you don't think about, because cash flow is coming in, is, Maybe I should be having that relationship with the bank, the PE, the credit line. And those are the things that we're not thinking about during those times sometimes. And and I find myself questioning at what point do we need to do that? And I think you just answered that. It's like, you know, when that's happening, it should be on our list. It's like, like let's establish this, even though we're not needing it at the moment.
1: Yeah, always. So, and those relationships should always be there, right? I mean... Uh, if you have a banking relationship now, and especially if you have a, uh, if you have a debt, you know, if you have leverage on your balance sheet now and you have debt, you should be, you, you should have already been talking to the bank regularly, even if there was nothing going on, right. Just to, you know, we talk about, or just to establish that relationship. We talked earlier about times of crisis, uh, stressing, you showing all the cracks in a business it'll also expose the cracks in a relationship, right? Whether that be a business relationship or unfortunately home relationship or whatever that is, Mm -hmm. all the principles are the same. You have to work on all these things
0: uh, throughout the life cycle. That makes complete sense. I'm gonna jump uh, into another train of thought here. Vijay, I was really curious because I see that you have experience working for both the state and the LCRA. Uh, What was your experience like there as opposed to the corporate world? Uh, and perhaps how quickly companies can act.
2: Um, you know that is uh, that's a very very good uh, question. So LCRA it's kind of a it's kind of its own unique beast. It straddles between private and public in in a lot of ways, right? So it had to um, rely on its own revenue generation. Um, it, it didn't get appropriations and things like that. So during the uh, 2007 crisis, for instance, when when the credit markets seized up, they had to immediately take uh, measures to Reduce cash flow and things like that, right? They had to, they had to um, cut projects, you know, freeze things, and all of those. And that was a very interesting learning experience for me because, you know, when you think about these big, long uh, system-wide projects, and you had to figure out, okay, this three-year project where you're in the one and a half year mark, you had to figure out where do I, where do I cut, where do I, uh, all of those kind of things had to be there, right? And lessons coming out of that, it made me realize that even if I'm in long year, long multi year projects and things like that, how can I break it up into month long, three month long chunks where I'm actually delivering value as I go? Because at at any point, if it did have to get shut down, you still have some value, you realized, instead of, you know, these long projects that that take forever, right? Yeah,
0: I'm always curious about um, that, just like in public facing services and the, the companies or government agencies that have to face bureaucracy, and then you have emergency response services that seem to be very efficient and organized as in disaster relief, disaster relief, national emergencies. And I'm just thinking about the systems it must require to be able to scale fast. I know that one of the things that, that we're facing right now is, you know, uh there that's what we're facing right now as a, as a nation is how do we get, how do we scale what's needed across the nation? And so I'm, I'm just curious the experience there.
2: Yeah. Um my experience at LCRa, I went through multiple crises over there. Right, we had the um, not just the financial crisis, but we actually had. Um, you remember the two thousand seven rain bomb. I don't know I the yeah, yeah. 2011, uh, fires, uh, right. that impacted the whole region here and things like that and multiple hurricanes and things like that, that tested and taxed our communication infrastructure and things like that. And it made me really appreciate entities like that, that, um, what they do on a regular, regular basis is the amount of testing, the amount of intercommunication that they do, the amount of exercising that they do. To Manuel's point, you know, when, um, when the when the hurricanes hit is not the first time you want to go, Hey, does my equipment right. talk to the Houston, uh, police department, right? You want to yeah. get all those tested, tested up front. You want to have those relationships built before so that when that crisis does occur, you're able to seamlessly work together. You know, um, that was, uh, that was probably my best, uh, experience because, our infrastructure had to be up at LCRA when the public infrastructure was down, right? So a lot of times we think about, you know, the, the easiest example to think about is um, uh, firefighters, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. They probably spend more time training to fight the fire than to actually yeah. putting out the fire, right? And that, that importance sense. of what they do gives us that that predictability of they're going to respond, they're going to be here, they'll have the equipment, they know how to communicate, all of those kind of things, right? So um, that gets lost a lot of times when we are in a good period, right? Like Daniel right. was saying, it's like we've been in 10 years of a good financial uptick. We don't, we don't think about the downturn, right? But we got to continuously test it, exercise it, think about it. And uh, you know, be prepared for it. And,
1: that and BJ, sense. that's just something we have to do better as as corporate citizens. Uh, we, we we and we're all guilty of this, right? We do not. We don't practice enough. Uh, we don't pr- practice disaster management enough. That's something that the public sector, the first responders, do way way better than the private sectors. We just we don't practice, and and uh, you know. I don't know how many of these we have to go through before we all start start you know using that part of our brain of we we ought, yeah. we ought to practice at least you know at least once or twice a year we should practice yeah. this.
0: Okay, question for both: What's the one piece of advice you'd offer leadership of companies that are dealing with keeping up their company staffed? Uh, and the second part of that question is long term versus uh, short term cash flow needs.
2: PJ, you want to start? Well, you know, leadership in a lot of ways, right? One is, you know, around the send a clear message to your teams uh, to, as Manuel said, let's calm down, right? We will get through this. Let's be clear and calm. S- so, so help your teams with that and then help your clients, you know, reach out to your clients and those kind of things, right? So, those are two of the, the, important things to do immediately as you're going through this, right? Because those are who you're going to rely on, right? Your your teams and your clients to help you navigate through this as you go through, right? Um, I forgot what the... <laughs> Oh, the
0: second one was just—you uh, might have an answer to this or not. Long-term versus short-term cash flow needs. I'll let i um, will man, let Manuel do
2: that. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, I'll, I'll start with, with the leadership one because I'll, I'll give two answers, Dan. One's—you uh, know—one will be the answer in crisis mode, uh, like a, a lot of folks are today. One will be an answer outside of crisis mode, and and so in crisis mode. Boy, you, we mentioned it earlier. Breathe, calm down. At the same time, listen to your leadership team. You you hired a fantastic leadership team for a reason. All the answers don't have to fall on your shoulders as the as the CEO. Listen to your leadership team. Have them help Every, everyone um, who's here wants to have an actionable item, right? And so. Have The leadership team is part of the answer and then getting the whole firm involved or well, what can everyone do instead of, you know, maybe sitting at home or not knowing what to do or uncertainty, give them some clear direction. But that leadership team is so important. You you hired them for a reason. They should be bringing tremendous value and boy, what a time to grab those brains and say, hey, let's think about this together And everybody can take their piece of execution so that it doesn't all feel like it's falling on one person's shoulders. Um, Outside of crisis time, Mm -hmm. I would say as you're hiring that leadership team, these are the things you should be thinking about, right? Could every person on this leadership team lead this company regardless of what may happen? And so if you have that group of leaders to say, you know what, at at the drop of a hat, any one of these people could pick up the reins and lead this this company through crisis, you will have hopefully assembled a pretty awesome uh, leadership team, one that's empowered to help.
0: One of the things that that made me think about is some of these companies that are actually stepping up during crisis. Uh, You mentioned insurance companies, but there's so many other companies. I think uh, Mark Cuban had a post the other day of in these times is when companies will make their reputation for the next 10 years because they step up and they're not only taking care of their own employees, but they're taking care of what can we do for others. And I think that's a big piece of what we were talking about, calming your mind. And part of that is like immediately when you think about others, your mind gets calm.
1: <laughs> exactly right. That's, and what's been fascinating is as we're living through this today, everybody's remote, right? I mean, just Mm -hmm. about everybody's remote and it has really been neat to talk to other companies. Um, and and by the way, people have been, um, wonderfully accepting of, Hey, let's just talk. Let's have a video chat. How are you handling this? How are you guys doing? How are you and Mm -hmm. your family? Um, in, in people almost welcome the distraction of having this yes. conversation, yeah. um, versus thinking through some of the hard, hard business issues. So don't think that people don't want to share and don't right. want to talk to you because they do. It's, we're all yeah. going through this together.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It makes me think of, you know, some of the positive uh, silver lining around these kind of events is it does bring the human out in you. Uh, Not that we're not human every day, but it allows you to show that more because you're not doing all the things that normal business cycle does. You're like, okay, let's stop, slow down and reach out. And uh, it just brings us closer together for sure. Well, I learned a lot today, and I'm sure uh, many of our audience did as well. Uh, thank you both for being here and sharing the knowledge and the experiences.
1: Great. Thank you, Dan.
0: Thank you, Dan. Thank you again, Vijay and Manuel. It was a welcome distraction to talk to you both about solutions. During this time, we need to be empathetic leaders and innovative thinkers to get through this together. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you subscribe and maybe share it with a friend or coworker. Growth and in Scale Insiders is created in partnership between Bridgepoint Consulting and Founding Media. To learn more about Bridgepoint, please visit the links in our show notes. Thank you for listening.